Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror notebook to corrupt one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, everybody. Yes, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> yes. It's a third verse today. A third voice that we're so excited to have with us. Over freaking joyed. Like, I'm freaking out like a small child when Julia told me about this. Like, I almost screamed and then I cried a little bit and then I was like, <gasps> I have say, so much love for you. <laughs> welcome. Hello to Diane Franklin. Well, I got to tell you how beautiful it is. I walk into this room and these two women are totally glowing and they're beautiful <laughs> and they're cool. Okay. So in case you don't know this about the uh, a studio audience, they're beautiful and cool. We got okay? a stamp of approval from right. Diane Franklin right Seriously. now. Yeah. 80s goddess. Aww. You guys know her from The Last American Virgin, from Better, Better Off, Off Dead, Dead. Bill, and, Bill Ted. and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She's yeah. the one that ends up with Ted, Keanu freaking Reeves. <laughs> Oh, let's totally. discuss. <laughs> totally, totally rad. Um, Terror Vision, Amityville, like so many wonderful projects. We cannot wait to talk with you about all of this today. Awesome. I'm uh, ready. I'm, all right. I'm here. Ready Excellent. So you started out doing uh, commercials and modeling. Yes, yes. Actually, um, my parents, uh, they were German immigrants. They talk like this. They were like, what do we do with this child? We don't know what to do. Um, yeah, so I was the first person in my entire family to be born in America. So wow. they, were, they, came, they were from the war. They came over. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was Viennese. My mother was German. They came over and to Long Island. Um, and what happened was um, I, from... Probably the age of four or five, because I grew up in the TV world of, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting in front of the TV watching. Mm -hmm. I didn't have siblings to play with. I have a half-sister, but she was much older. Married, you know, when I was like four. So I was raised as an only child. And... um, Sat in front of the TV and watched that girl, and there it was, Marla Thomas. She's the best. I think about that hat. Yes. (gasps) So uh, then she was the actually one of the few dark-haired actresses on TV at the time. I mean, I guess Mary Tyler Moore was also, but she was older. Mm -hmm. Like, wasn't of my age. Like, so it was like more like I Dream of Jeannie and uh, Bewitched. So okay, so I watched that, and I from the age of four. Wanted to be an actress. I just wanted to be an actress. Her energy, Marla Thomas's energy mm-hmm. on that show was so similar to my energy. And I think I just bonded with her. And uh, so, you know, like I watched all the episodes and then she did a play. And like I think I, I went to the play and I was like a groupie in the you know, when they <laughs> yeah, opened the door. I'm stage like, door. Stage door. Yes. And she signed my autograph. Like, it, And then like I transcribed. Okay, talk about nerd. Like <gasps> transcribed like the entire play she did. And, you know, or wow. like or watched, you know, when you listen. You and were you studying write, like, from the very beginning. From the beginning. I just, I just, she was my hero. You know, she was just an actress, goofy, but pretty, but funny. Like just combined a lot of things that I loved. Loved. Yeah. So, um, and then I started. Uh, so my parents, 
and I didn't even know how they did this, but we went. They went to an agent with me, four or five years old. They didn't know. It, it probably wasn't. Maybe it wasn't even an agent. Maybe it was just somebody whose door said, you know, like come in, and they just went, <laughs> "Well, what do you think?" And they went, "I don't know." So you know, who knows? You never know. So this is where the accents I'm hearing now too, because you're like queen of accents for oh, all the movies. Yeah. Is this because of your family? Um, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't really hear it, but I never had a problem or a felt. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uncomfortable about Mm -hmm. it like I never felt self-conscious or like I can't do that like I just did it you know Mm -hmm. I just kind of heard it and I had a good ear for that and speaking of ears I am deaf in one ear so my good ear works really really well my bad ear is like not happening like you could stand right next to me and talk to me and I will not turn around like I think I there were a lot of people who thought I was snobby when I was in middle school I think because they because they would talk to me literally like on the bus and I'd be like, mm-hmm. I didn't respond. And I think they, you know, they think, oh, she's the modeling. She must be a snob, you know. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, that's like the perfect thing people think, is like, you know, you're in. But anyway, I, so, I mean, how I got into it was my, when I was four, my hair was too short and curly. I was not the look. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they said, come back when her hair grows out and straighten it. And so even then, back in the 70s, I wow. knew I was not the look. Yeah. Um, and I, Certainly, I was, I didn't know, I was freaking four or five. I didn't know what was, you know, so Mm -hmm. I just sang and danced and was very creative child, did a lot of drawing. um, You just had to wait until you were the look. Until it came into fashion. Until the world is ready. That's what's interesting about it is that you do your thing and then one day, if you stick to it, the world will be ready. But the world is what are you not pointing to for me you? for? I which, tell which, this to Julia all the time, <clears throat> so which, I'm yeah. telling you to listen to Diane Franklin yeah. talking to you right now. Oh, no, okay, seriously, now here's I'm going to tell you something that's really true. You must be who you are. You must be authentic to who you are, and remember, just don't. If if it doesn't work, it's not you. It's that the world's not ready. And I I even said this to my daughter because she does comedy, and I mm-hmm. said, you know what you're doing in your life is something that's never been created yet. You're creating a new sense of comedy new type of comedy and when you do that it's not going to be received immediately at all because people don't know what that is they don't Mm -hmm. understand how to hear it how to listen to it just like star wars nobody understood star wars until people started getting into it and go oh my gosh this niche world Mm -hmm. we love this so um so anyway this is a very long answer to your very simple (laughs) question (laughs) five hours later no we love it uh, this is what we're here for (laughs) why we are here why we invited you that we are soaking this in this is great well it's it's got I've got good messages to say and I, and it's and I think that people need to hear this especially young women um, because we right now really need women to be understanding that they need to make the effort your presence and your voice and your work matters it really does every mm-hmm. generation does so um in respect to previous generations um, I was auditioning and auditioning auditioning could not get a lead role in anything so start I mean when you're talking about starting with modeling I started with modeling because I there was no other way to get in I didn't mm-hmm. know I mean they just said so we, I mean we tried again when I was 10 my hair was longer um, it was just one of those things like try modeling and believe me I'm going to tell you right now I was not thin enough okay even as a 10 year old okay hello world wow you know um, you're a I, child exactly okay so here's the great thing okay so I'm 10 years old and I'm like from German stock. Okay, we're not talking like, you know, a thin, you know, generation g- genetics. It is just happening. My mom's making Wiener schnitzel and, you know, like heavy Yum. food meats and you know, liver. I don't know. You know, just we're just, you know, European family, immigrant family. Um, uh, do you speak German? I'm bisschen, aber ich spreche nicht gut Deutsch. Actually, I understand a lot more than I speak. But anyway, so, and I'm talking about this food issue because, you know, I think before I had my daughter, I'm like, 
is it possible to grow up without a food issue? Is it possible yeah. to grow up and be in this world as a woman and not be f- dealing with food like as an issue in your life? And the answer is, hello, ladies and gentlemen, no. No. Yeah, that's <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, any woman who says that she doesn't have to deal with the food issue is lying. It's not true. And in the entertainment business, even more so. <clears throat> because in the entertainment business, what is there's so many things that have to do with it. For me, I mean, obviously, as a, if you want to be a professional, you say to myself, okay, what do I have to do to get there? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I talk about in my when I teach and when I – and I'll probably be writing a book about this eventually, is body and voice tell a story, okay? You walk into a room and your body and voice tell a story. Oh. So you might be, like, really hot, you know, beautiful, but if you kind of talk like that, it's, like, really not going to be happening for you. Um, any actress who looks really beautiful had to have to work on their voice. They had to. Um, this is a great case with, like, you know, lead actors, male, big, you know, like, hey, like, you know, guys who, like, are supposed to be hunks, you know. Yeah. They couldn't get a male voice with, like, that. You know, like, they can't – their voice tells a story. So sure. right. you bet your sweet bippy that they had to, you know, they were told concentrate on voice your work. voice. Yeah. Right. And even dialect, you know. I was talking like this when I was kind of, like, in my teens, and they said, no, that's not going to cut it. Long Island, right? Long Island, exactly. You talk like this, you mm-hmm. know, and which I use in which my – Which is helpful for later. Oh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> I, I was like, like <gasps> poetic justice. She gets to dive into it. Oh, and it was like, hello to my peeps, you know. Like, uh, seriously, that was <clears throat> purposely, like, I'm going there. And it was so funny because I even pulled back, you know. Like, you could talk – people really do talk like this, but sometimes it's hard to understand, so – Anyway, that's a whole dialect lesson. But anyway, right. we'll get back to that. Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's, let's yeah. focus back on this on this on this food issue for, yes. for girls. Thank and you very for, much for for an actress because Terry and I are both actresses mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and it's something that you know we've never been the thin type of girl either, and we're both curvy ladies. And right. What even how- when I was small, I was never small enough. Right. Bang. Okay. So here's and what happens is too is like okay. So first of all, I want to clarify something. Women, because our bodies are made like primordially have babies go out and have your body is saying you are a baby maker go out there I mean that's what your body is like sort of whether whatever ways in our brain our body's moving in that direction and it's saying store nutrition nutrients because you don't know there could be the end of the world so our bodies are telling us to do things that are natural natural okay so the first thing that happens is when we get to about 10 years old, as a woman, as a girl, we start getting our, our weight. We start putting it on. And the problem is, or at least in my generation in the 80s, there was no exercise. Right. It was considered vain to exercise. It was considered um, vain to post a selfie, if that was the case. Mm-hmm. If you were posting a selfie mm-hmm. in the 80s, you would have been, it would have been a pariah. To, what is it? like? Yeah. You, know, it, as you were not yeah. considered cool. It was not okay. Uh, vain, just not cool. Um, but... At the time, okay, the 80s was the time where we're coming off like the 70s was like a Farrah Fawcett, tall, blonde hair, blue eyes look. And coming into the 80s, um, okay, I didn't even get there. I'm I'm in the 70s now, Mm -hmm. 10 years old. And I would go for a a modeling audition. And granted, modeling is you'd always look for a thinner person because the clothes have to hang on you the way that make them look good. It has nothing to Mm -hmm. do with you. Yes, modeling is objectifying because – the focus is the clothes. It's really not you. They want right. you to make the clothes look good or the product look good. Pretty let's, hangers. Right. Let's just make – let's just be clear about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, if you're taller, it's gonna look, it's gonna fall, it's gonna look beautiful. Okay, thinner, it's gonna look great, right? Whatever that's, and and that's even now obviously beautifully changed, but we're getting to that. So originally, remember, it was about the product. Now I'd started with like um, Sears catalog and Macy's catalog. Oh, Do you remember those, those pennies? Oh, remember I used those to clothes? cut those out like the little pictures and make like little boards like for myself <gasps> when I was a kid. Really? Oh yeah. See like the and those are things. So when you think of modeling, most of the people think of teen modeling. But when I started, I was like a kid, ten. You're mm-hmm. you're again. You're saying, catalog oh my models. god, poor mm-hmm. child. Why do you have to think of weight? Well, guess what? So I go in this audition. Um, I go like to I get taken by an agent, and I am, and I'm going to say the word chubby. Okay, and now that may be meaning like other people go what, but like chubby is one step from th- thin. I guess mm-hmm. you like I'm gonna just call this like there's levels, right? Whatever, <laughs> right? right? Um, and I'm just a kid. I don't even have a figure really yet. So, but what happened was I went to. Um, I really wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be an actress. And my mom, I remember, she was so awesome because my parents did not care. Like mm-hmm. they really didn't. Mm-hmm. So my mom, I we went to this modeling the you know, do a catalog thing. And the guy just said, well, you're too fat. Oh. Just too fat. And I'm 10 years old. Like, what? Uh, Okay. How did you Um, take that? Well, that was the thing. I was too young to take it. Like, I was like, I mean, I wasn't a teen yet. So it didn't kill me. It was 10. And I was like, what's fat? Like, I didn't even like, I didn't even. Like not on your radar. Right. Like not on my radar. Like not, like I, I knew it wasn't good, but I didn't know. I, I didn't. It didn't get all crazy mm-hmm. because my my mom wasn't. She said to me, well, you know, is this – do you not want to do this? Because you could stop. I mean, this is not – you don't have to do this as we could stop. And I was like, no, I don't want to stop. Like, but I think it came from – it hit me at a very – at the right time because mm-hmm. it made me go, I need to watch my weight. Uh-huh. And it made me look at what Americans do as opposed to German culture. Oh, okay. okay. So what happened was I went from and – and so this is a very interesting thing. I went from this culture of eating and robust eating to, okay, my mom – sees me wanting to have this dream so she started cooking different she put carrots and celery in the refrigerator she we didn't have two eggs with toast and cheese for breakfast like you know what I'm saying like it changed and it made me watch my weight which is different than dieting like Mm -hmm. I watched it now Mm -hmm. the fun interesting part of that is 80s figures and 80s body wasn't twiggy it wasn't the 60s so I was lucky it was the beginning of so 70s was like starve yourself kind of time right it was a starve yourself time Mm -hmm. but I was 10 so I didn't fall I'm not gonna starve I didn't even know what that was like I was the cocaine though right right that was the 70s right the cocaine right and then believe me like that was and also the 80s went into Mm -hmm. the 80s where people did drugs to stay thin Mm -hmm. let's just Call us, call it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, which you must have seen in Hollywood in the 80s. Well, that's so funny. Know? I didn't. Which is, <laughs> really? Which is because I didn't take drugs. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, I, if I did, I would tell you. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. <laughs> so the problem was. We appreciate was, your honesty. Right? No, seriously, like, no, this is how you do it. But I'm going to tell you something. So mm-hmm. since I started at 10 years old, watching my weight, I had like this five pound thing. So what would happen was because I was short. And of course, at that 10 years old, you're like, someday I'll be five foot nine. Oh, right? yeah. And you're like, eh, no, it's not going to happen. And I truly have to say, that was harder on me, not growing taller than growing, th- than weight-wise, because 
that is like something you can't do. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm just not growing. I really, really mm-hmm. wish I had, that was something I wish I had, you know, if I had mm-hmm. like, okay. Obviously later on it actually was in my favor, which is the point of, of the whole thing too is, gosh, you, what you have is a gift. You just have to find you have to see it as a gift mm-hmm. and make it work. So for whatever, I, so I started um, – so I'd watch my weight. What does that mean? That means I'm going to tell you something, actors, who no matter what you are, there's several pieces of information to know about weight. One is no matter what size you are, exercise is important because it brings a glow and it says – um, if you and today, first of all, you have a blessing to be able to exercise because I did not, which was not okay. Two, you if you do some kind of exercise, and I don't mean like the exercise. Maybe you know it doesn't. It, it takes very many, very many forms. You could be climbing things, running, jumping, dancing. I love dancing. Um, but what exercise does is, if you look at a person and they exercise, they're exhibiting self care. And when you show self care, that means you're showing self-confidence. I'm worth it. I'm, right. I'm worth it to exercise my body. I take care of myself. That's not to say, you know, super thin. It says your self-care, okay? So that's my take on exercise. Doesn't matter how thin, but it does show self-care and it does bring a glow that makes people go, okay, I want to be around that, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're dissing your body, then... You might find people who are your companions, like, oh, yeah, I diss my body too, yeah. Like, and that's fine, except ultimately in the end, it brings a negative energy to mm-hmm. the world and yourself. You feel bad. I mean, I can't even tell you, like, you know, I, you, you're, it's, it's just a weird thing. It's a head, okay? Mm-hmm. So the other thing is about weight, <sighs> there is no free lunch. So what I mean by that is, ironically, is that people who choose to be actors or entertainers mm-hmm. – they live by that. They go, you know what? My job is self-care. That's it. <laughs> There's no – I. it's not easy. Um, you know, they – I was telling my daughter recently, I said to her, when I was in my height of acting, I exercised an hour a day six times a week with wow. one day off. Right, right? Like, and that's in the 80s, but I did as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, there was aerobics. We got aerobics. Yes. They, that was the first time. Jane Fonda. But, yeah. Yep. But, honestly um, – so what I'm saying, and it's funny because no one talks about how much work it takes to be an actor. Sure. They just show up in a picture and go, "Well, I'm done." Well, we right. see the product. We see the finished product. Right. You see the finished product. Right. But you um, don't see how much work yeah. goes into it. Now I did the I did the work. There's a lot of and what I mean by that is, and I also would say, okay, five pound things. So let's say here's an example. Let's say, ooh, I'm having that chocolate cake. Yes. Okay. But that means wait. Next meal is going to be salad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Within a 12-hour period, you got to watch what you put in your body. Right. Because if you have the heavy meal three times right. – oops, sorry, phone uh, – <laughs> microphone. Um, if you have it three times, then, yeah, you're going to gain weight. And especially then if you don't exercise. But I'm not saying you have to be in this battle. I'm just right. saying, first of all, it is a part of the actor's job and model even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, modeling is um, deprival. It's a deprival life. Yeah. It is. It just is. And But what's more important, your career or that? And that's it's just depriving. Right. It's choices. Um, yeah, it's choices. Now, here's the beauty. Here we are in 2019. Thank you, world, for understanding that there's a beauty in all body types. Yeah. Right? right? Bravo. Right? About so, time, though. Uh, so people who are uh, coming and listening to this, I'm going to tell you something. 
you're blessed with this new generation. You don't know how hard people are working to make sure that this is, is natural. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, in the 80s, what happened was, and again, when I was little, when I was looking at Marlo Thomas, my, my vision of what, uh, you know, I don't know, but I'm telling you, everybody's got role models. Right. Yes. Everyone does. And so the gener- generation to generation, we look back and we go, I want to be like that. I mm-hmm. want to be like that. And we, we build on it. Um, and the new role models are f- brilliant because we've got a blur in, um, we have an, more open in bodies. Mm-hmm. We have more open in gender. We have more open, uh, we have no shame, no bad feeling about being who you are. So Absolutely essential. Yeah, the level of acceptance is mm-hmm. beautiful. And absolutely, let me explain to you something. Happiness is appreciating yourself. It is not money, objects, house, th- things. Never, never, never. If you chase those things, you will get to the place where you. You'll, let's say you're at the top of it. I'm the richest, but I got the house. Blah blah. You'll still look at yourself in the mirror, and you'll still say. I still need to do the work. If There's you always didn't. something. There's always yeah. something. Yeah. And and if you, and the work is, do you love yourself as is? If you're not exercising and you can look in the mirror and go, you know what? I rock. Fine. That's it. You're yeah. awesome. I recommend exercising because I think it's you need to be in touch with your body and your voice. And ultimately, I think we need to I always, it's funny. I teach acting to kids and I go, you know, you're learning a lot of things from me. Put it in your pocket and when you need it, someday you can pull it out. Right. You know, you'll pull it and go, oh, you know what? I need to work with my voice. Or, you know what? I, I, I'm going to exercise today. I feel depressed. I'm going to go out and run or I'm going to go, you know, you don't need to join a fancy gym. But it, will, it brings good energy. And I can mm-hmm. tell you it begets, you know, um, good energy begets good energy. Absolutely. So there you go. So I started when I was modeling at 10. We didn't even have exercise. I took ballet twice okay. a week. I don't even know. That was like what we did. And then um, – then start. I tried to do some running a little in school. Wasn't re- couldn't be on the track team. Did acting, modeling, and then once I hit eighteen, went to college. I went to NYU. Walked around New York all the time. Walked yes. did a lot of walking. I don't know if we even did aerobics then. It was still the seventies. Yeah, it was seventies or beginning of the eighties. But once I got into the eighties and once I started acting, then there was aerobics mm-hmm. and. Um, the 80s brought sexuality into our workplace and did the world. Sexuality. This gave women a, a heads up and a, a – we got presence. We, we – you know, Madonna came in mm-hmm. and she brought – I'm going to make my own money – and watch me rock. I mean, we it, we look at her as her performance, but as a role model for her in the '80s to make her own money. And she, yeah, she did it with sexuality. Why shouldn't she? That's right. that's a part of being a woman. Mm-hmm. We embrace that. And she showed sexuality so everyone else could feel good about it. Right. And uh, so the generation today, you have to understand that women have been helping women and building on this. These are building blocks. This is so Thank great. Yeah. This, this is so great. This is literally was I was talking to Julia before. Go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. This is what this is. I mean, this is you coming on to to our show to help us and support and, women, and, you know, and oh. supporting us and we thank you so much wisdom. And we support oh. you and that was, that was my thing too. I was wondering about sexism and like what do you think about like what's changing from here to now because I was looking at your career and looking at all these guys that you worked with too and and what what has changed? Because that's one of the things I wanted to ask. And you've been talking about this beautifully, too. But what do you think 
was the catalyst or what do you think really has happened? Well, okay. First of all, I want to just say thank you for having me on the show because I don't usually get to talk about this subject matter with guys. I yeah, mean, not that I wouldn't, true. but the guys are coming from a different place. Sorry, Wes. But you're, <laughs> you are a guy. Wes I'm not <laughs> works with a lot of women all the time. Go Wes, right? Yeah, Wes. Um, Wes is getting like this inside information. Yes. Like, what are women like and what are they like? And uh, I, I'm walking away with this info. Um, so he, this is a is so interesting thing. Like, okay, I so I appreciate being on your show mm-hmm. because we can discuss things that people don't normally ask me. And I have a very strong fa- passion about it. Mm-hmm. Now – I have to explain to the listeners, this is something very, very important. My, uh, I was a very strong, young woman, and I was, um, and I did, like, it was like, in the 80s, it was like the first time that the woman was in the workplace with the man and being considered to same pay and all that stuff, so... I mean, I'm, it's they, they did it in the '70s, but it was different in the '80s because yeah. we really got in there, and nine to five, all that was, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a woman's taking a man's job. It was like now we're really we're doing the same work. And again, let's say a man has a family. He's saying, "Listen, I got to support my family. What are you doing?" Like he didn't understand like where the woman fits in. But I, I want to point out that I'm a very unusual actress in that I started my career in the passive area in the passive with passive roles and victim roles Mm -hmm. and gained as I went through the career more powerful and self uh and competent roles like Monique and Better Off Dead and Mm -hmm. even TerraVision carrying a machine gun or like Mm -hmm. you know um so um what I'm saying is there are some actresses that are very clearly the protectors or they're the heroes what I well, I, I mean, and this is what I try to write in my books, is show that I'm that transition. I'm the arc actress who went from the before and after. Mm. And I went from the time where I was being cast victim role, victim or passive or, you know, the girl or just the princess the princess who needs princess. to be saved. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Princess. In fact, I got to tell you, when I got Bill and Ted's, I was like, oh, my God, are we back to this again? Are we back to being a helpless princess? Wow. Like, I was actually surprised in that arc of mm-hmm. the world, because I was moving on to very self, to leads in films and being the um, a, the strong female character. And I never, growing up, assumed any other way. Like, I never realized how women, if you do not stand up for yourself, you get put right back into that sort of passive situation. Mm-hmm. And and it's, about, it's just because the world is catching up to us. You know, the world is, not everybody in the world is where California and New York and, you know, America is to a certain extent. We, we are trying to hold our ground as far as capability right. um, and sexuality. We have a sexuality and we own our bodies and all that. I, I always thought, oh, well, that's a given. Mm-hmm. But I, as I've gotten older, I've realized, oh, my gosh, no, it's not a given. It's only as, as real as we make it. So, um, yeah, you know, your rights and the things you do matter constantly, and we want to pass that on to the next generation. Um, you know, whew, there's so much to say. <laughs> there's so much to say. I feel I feel weird going just to talk about films now. Yeah, no, yeah, but right. honestly, yeah. I don't because this is exactly the kind of stuff that she's been talking about. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is Which actually is the bridge. Watching the career. Yeah, watching the career, her career, and then also the film that she's we're going to talking about today, yep. The Id, with a female character sure. dealing with 
literally everything she just talked about. And because I, yeah. I was going to ask my, it was going to be my first question is why'd you pick this movie? And hearing you talk right now, I'm like, yeah. I think I'm getting a bigger picture yeah. about why you, why you're into this and why but you leaned into this. I have I have to start. I have to talk about the Last American Virgin because okay. Okay. I am. Good. So obsessed with the film, and I've showed it to so many people. Um, I programmed it at the New Beverly Cinema where I used to work, and we probably showed it there. Love that New Beverly Center mm-hmm. point point for that place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when you so let's talk about this film. Uh, did you did you know about Lemon Popsicle before you made Last American Virgin? Good question. No, I did not. Um, have I had you seen no it idea. Since uh, no, I have not, which is crazy. Okay, so Whoa. here's what happened. I know. All right, I've seen little snippets of it. But I haven't seen the whole thing. A fan even gave me a copy. Mm-hmm. A devoted and lovely fan um, gave me a copy of it for me to read. And I haven't had the chance. I have been so busy. But I want to – because I want to see it. I want to relax mm-hmm. and I want to watch mm-hmm. it. Like, uh, So, yeah, I mean I, I should find some – there should be a place that – screens it and it, I should just come and watch it, it. we'll just, just come to your yes. place right right <laughs> come on over we'll watch that I have lemon popsicle we can watch you it do. it's oh. interesting because it's very similar the shots are right yeah I, heard, I knew that the the cinematography was similar because I think it had the same cinematographer pretty and, much the um, same team right? yeah, yeah. Right. but so, then it's just like weird things like instead of delivering pizza delivers ice like oh. blocks of ice like you know just because it's of, the 50s yeah right it's like you know Israel in the 50s they didn't deliver just, pizza then no no not a thing yet so yeah. Fun. So did um tell me about Karen. So you you play this character who is the dream girl yes. and which was I know the for girl. you yep. with with the curly hair was a was a big deal to be the the dream girl. Yes. Okay. So when I first read the the script, I was like, "Ooh, ooh, is this an exploitation film? Right. Like what's up with this?" Um because there was a lot of nudity and there was not just for me, but like also you know, having acted I've been in the business for probably 8 years by then and those films hadn't come out as teen right. sex comedies for you, fun. Right. There was either pornography or there was, a, you know, officer and a gentleman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, like, very little in between. Those teen movies had not been established yet. This was the first one. Yes. And yet, when I looked at the script and I saw my storyline, I went, there is no way that someone could think this is exploitive when I'm acting this. I know that when I play this character, I have more depth to this, and I'm going to make it deeper. I and just you, knew. you do, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem, but I can see this is your first film role, and you say, okay, not only am I nudity, I'm going through yeah. this really traumatizing abortion scene, and then you have this ending, uh, sorry, spoilers, guys, but yeah. you're horrible yeah i'm you know a, yeah. you're this awful person and then you're like you have this whole thing where like you everyone falls in love with you but then by the end kind of hates you and like then how did that turn. feel as a first as your first role that's a lot as mm-hmm. as the uh i heard once somebody said they saw it in a drive-in and they were bitch echoed through the, through the <laughs> i like, can uh, only imagine yeah, the, this, this is one of the what, you know guys why... yelling it in the in the drive-in yeah. i'm like what is happening this is why i love to show yeah. this movie because you wait to the end and then you watch people's face and they yes. go what what like, yeah they, that's yeah, not what they, they expect they go is this it's not done right, right. It's, it's it's there's more like there's to gonna it. be a turn another yeah. turn on the turn no. no no well you know uh when i first did it again um uh we all thought it was gonna the ending was gonna be changed that's the first thing uh, like the studios were going to have to say something. Well, yeah. you know, it was an independent movie, but we and Canon Films. It was like one of their first films that they put out, and we. But we thought all of us, all the actors, thought they're going to change this, right? Like that's obvious. And the director was like, "No, we're not going to change it," and because he said it was based on his true life, his story. Mm. Um, 
So that was the first thing that was a surprise. But then we're like, okay, well, you know, that's his choice. It's his film. And who knows what's going to happen with it. Um, but I would say that later on when I started looking at the film, I went, oh, my gosh, of course. People were shocked because it says the last American virgin. So we're thinking America is about happy endings. Mm. And it occurred to me that's why it's not only a shock from a, like, dating point of view, but it's also a shock from a, how we see American films. Yeah. So then, like, Fast Times comes out at the same time. We'd get the American version versus the European version yeah. because – Virgin was made by uh, Israeli uh, Israeli writer director Boaz Davidson, mm -hmm. and it is really uh, producers, which was Menachem and Yoram Golan and Globus um, production company. So they their European sensibility was my dark curly hair, dark look. I was attractive to them, which right. made me. Th I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, literally, I was shocked. I was the dream girl with my curly hair. I, what world is that? Because as an American, I was like, this is, I've never seen that. Like, how could you think I was the pretty girl? Like, because you're stunning. Right? Stunning. <laughs> but, Simply you know, stunning. well, that's. And, and like, luminous is all get out. Yeah. And like, perfection. So I was like, what is yeah. happening? I was, I mean, but what, I have to tell you, like, from a girl who was once called chubby, you got to understand that was. Right. That yeah, was it's... like, oh my God, thank you. Like, that was just like such a wonderful, affirming thing for me as a person, you know, mm -hmm. and then, um, and as an actress. So, I mean, but I didn't see it. You know, you're too close. You just think, okay, frizzy hair. I guess that's what it is, right? Um, but they brought that European sensibility into the mm -hmm. film. right? And so then, and also that ending, which is, that's life. What's true? So you get the filmmaker's point of view, which is today, like, when you see films, and by the way, bravo to all you filmmakers out there. Because you all have different voices, and finally we can see them, and you don't need to spend a lot of money to right. have a voice. And it used to be so hard. I mean, <clears throat> you had to, you know, rent equipment or use it in the middle of the night when somebody wasn't using it, or and buy film, and it was just so so expensive to make anything. And half the stuff people made weren't wasn't seen or distributed. Today we can see it on YouTube. You are mm -hmm. your own creator, mm -hmm. and everyone's voice is interesting. Um, what was interesting about that time period was that film um, was a guerrilla film. I didn't realize it at the time. But they were, uh, you know, we were head to a location and we shoot something. Okay, let's get out of here. I'm like, oh. Oh, you I, were you stealing know, shots. I didn't know. Yeah. It's like I, we were at a football field in at a high school, like the, you know, where I lose my virginity. Oh, yeah. And that it was really a football field box up there in some school in the valley. And I didn't know where we were because I came from New York. They brought me over and, okay, we're driving there and shoot it and so I didn't realize it was the guerrilla style of filmmaking, and I'm glad they did because that's what filmmaking is. It's exciting, and the voice of you know that film. It's, I mean, if you told me then that I'd be talking about this film right now, I would be shocked. Right? Yeah. I would say no. Oh, that's just that's silly. I, I couldn't imagine. Did they sell it to you as if it was going to be a series? Because Lemon Popsicle, of course, was hugely popular and had this like whole series behind I, it. They did not say anything to me that whole time about it being a series. I did not know there was a series until we finished the film, and it did really well. Actually, I have to tell you, my picture was in the um, Hollywood Reporter and Variety before the film came out. And it was this picture of Steve Anton and I, and I was like, why is my picture in the Hollywood Reporter? People don't even know who I am. Nothing has come out. But it was so interesting, but it was with my curly hair. Now, obviously, looking back, I go, oh, okay, so it was a new look. And they were trying to promote the film as something different. And um, 
I have to say I didn't, I had no anticipation that the film was going to go in the direction it did. Um, that, I mean, again, that film didn't come out and I, I got Amityville. It was sort of like, I, I would say once you do a job and you start getting sort of your name out there, then things start picking up and people right. go, who is she? What's happening? We want to catch her before it gets she gets too expensive. Right. Exactly. Um, you all know. of a sudden you see all these movies come out with actresses like that because, yeah. yeah, they hit where the iron's hot. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so uh, yes, that was so great. So then uh, we go to Amityville. So we're going to vi- visit Amityville with you twice, once as a fictional person and once <sighs> as a, a real person. As a real person. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Um, so here's a huge surprise. Amityville. You know, well, first of all, coming from Long Island, okay, I was like, I would love to do this film because I'm just, I know these people, I know we're the world. Um, but, you know, that doesn't matter to a filmmaker. You know, they're going to hire who they want. And, but I knew, like, I had personal reasons of wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I had done Virgin. <clears throat> I get the script of Amityville. The, the, there, I'm looking at it again going, oh my gosh, okay, there's nudity again, whatever, okay, fine. I and, just didn't want to be. really kind of intense, intense nudity. Intense nudity. Yeah. yeah, well, I didn't, and I didn't know, like, I just didn't want to be seen as an actress who would only do it. Sure. And honestly, because I didn't have a brother, I didn't take that, the incest part as like, oh my gosh. If I had a brother, I don't think I could have done it. I yeah. mean, honestly, I think I would have been it, weirded out. It's a out, lot, yeah. Right? <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's just a guy, whatever, you know? It was kind of like ironic I mean it's kind of ironic that um, I mean to this day like people go oh my god that scene that incest but I don't see it from that perspective mm-hmm. so to me it's it's you know but he's also yeah. you know possessed and driven yeah. by a, th- a force within him that True. is not him so right. you know and that could be pulling you too yeah. like, clearly it was right <laughs> My it goodness. Was. But what what got me to want to do the film, I knew I wanted to do horror film because honestly, that is a rite of passage for every actor or actress. Yeah. And I still say actress. Yes, I do. Um, I would, people say actor and actress. I, I have a funny thing about actor and actress. I'm going to bring this up and you can tell me your thoughts. I really have to. Okay. I want to know your thoughts. All right. I call myself an actress because I am a female. To me, actress is what I am. Because if I took the name actor, I'd be taking on the male name of actor. And I'm like, well, why can't a guy be called an actress? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. to me, like, that's what gets me about that. It's like, I know women want to be called actors. But to me, it's almost like saying, call me a man. Because I'm like, and I'm going, I I'm don't think man. of it that so way. I, my, my thing is, we don't call doctors doctresses. Yes. We call them doctors. Yes. And just everyone's a doctor. And I think that's fine. Right. But I also just usually call myself actor person. Because mm-hmm. actor person. That's my thing. Model, I, model I, actress, whatever. I usually yeah, say actor right. Person, whenever people ask, I'm just like, oh, I'm an actor person. They're like, okay, and they just kind of move on from that. Mm-hmm. But because I'm a human, I think that's right. I'm a person who who acts, and I, I yeah, that's where so I you, go with you've it. Thought about it too. See, that's what of it course. Is. I say. <laughs> Forever, I say, I say actor, right? mm-hmm. just because I feel like it's for everybody. I guess. Yeah. But see, you came up. You didn't come in, up in the generation that we had actress and actor so much. Now it's like you're an actor, and it's established, right. and it sounds sexist. So it's kind of interesting. I think I should change it on my IMDb or whatever. I say I'm an actress, but there's a part of my. I think again, I'm that transition actress, yeah, mm-hmm. actor. Um, and I really like. I <laughs> you love say what suits you, right, whatever you like. Actor, actress. That's who I am. I'm a double. Right? Yes, um, you actor, could just actress. do that. Just do um, actor slash actress. Actress. Yes. Um, and I see myself as I like the femininity. I'm a very feminine person I like that part of me but I'm also masculine so I do that too so yeah you're tough as nails I'm tough as nails I am I'm and honestly, that Amityville murders I was like yeah. That, yeah. That woman, yeah right I can bring it and and uh so the Amityville first one I had to play passive yes gentle vulnerable and 
that you can see my personality. I'm very uh, verbose, certainly now, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a strong person. So for me to act is um, that is acting. Do you know what I mean? It's against type for um, you. It is, and even Virgin. Actually, Virgin perhaps was one of the hardest roles ever because I just had to be the girl, yeah. and that was my vision for it. It was just I'm um, just a girl, general, open, like no, mm-hmm. you don't see any personality. I'm oh, just interesting. The girl. They project yes. onto you what they want. Just. The girl huh. I am, and I didn't. I didn't when I did it think of myself as the object, but I was the object. Mm-hmm. I, but I did treat it but as you are. I mean, your face is so sweet, and you have such a cute, bubbly personality that. But you, you know, don't get any sense of who she is who as a person. Is. Yep, no, it's you're right. All reflective. You don't. Not I'm, even when her mm-hmm. like deep scenes with Gary, like she's still just the kind of surface. I made it like a. I my vision was that I was like a feather in the wind, and oh. every night, any way the wind blew, I reacted. So, mm-hmm. like you know, you're nice to me. Okay, I'm nice to you. Well, that oh, wait, explains the turn it. though, and mm-hmm. justification for that. Because and, if you're flowing, yep, you just you're going to flow into that. And that guy again. at the end takes me like he owns me. So Gary would have had to fight for me. My feeling at the end was he would have had to fight for me. Yeah, and he never would have. And he didn't. So, and I was like, "Well, what can I do? Like, I can't float by myself, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right." So now, now he takes us to Amityville again. Also, um, a, a I wouldn't say like a victim. Yeah, victim. Yeah, uh, ingenue. Um, the thing I found interesting about this is when I did Amityville, Virgin hadn't come out, so I didn't trust the curly hair was in the mainstream yet, and so horror was always straight hair. Mm. And I thought, I have to be the generic girl again, um, so I got to straighten it. So, I mean, even though it is some curl to it, I Mm -hmm. strained it as much as I could because the idea is I could be any girl. Mm -hmm. I have to just be the girl in America. Like, just you could be anybody. So that was kind of the goal of this character. Um, The thing that's really cool about the Amityville character is you get to see a wider range of my personality. Yeah. So you get to see the, you know, sexual and the The demon, the demon, right? That's my favorite. When you come back with all that crazy makeup on and you're the demon girl, I was like, yes. And and that intensity. That looked like it was fun. It was so fun. And I will give you another thing, too. What happened was there was a thing with my tongue they wanted to do. And they gave me a snake tongue. They tried it. So there was somewhere there's footage of me with a snake tongue that splits, you know. And they had me do that. I know, the weird thing um but the funny part was then they went no let's just use your tongue so then someone said to me is that a fake tongue or is that your real tongue i'm like that's my real tongue so i guess it's pretty good but it's like a big tongue maybe that's why they nixed it because your real one was already doing the job it was killing it right oh that's great so uh so can we talk a little bit about uh better off dead yes oh my gosh um did you when you did you know that there was going to be claymation hamburgers in the film? Well, I saw it in the script. Okay, um, it but, was in the script. Yes, being like there's oh. a claymation hamburger sequence. Oh yeah, and the great part of that film was when I, when I, when and I say this over and over again, but it, it's the truth. We every person who got that script from Better Off Dead was shocked that there was nothing gratuitous in it. It was like the, the idea was before that film came out. They tr- people would try to get you into the theater. How would they get you into the theater? By putting something that you couldn't see on TV. Okay. Right. Verbally, vo- you know, whether it's language or, you know, bad language or violence or sex or something that gets you out of your house, into a car, give people money and watch something, right. okay? <clears throat> now, the when we got better off dead... All the actors went crazy because they went, now this is a film I would watch, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> it was like, now this is something I would watch. Yes. I would go see, which is hilarious. Um, and it brought beautiful actors. Vincent Schiavelli. Uh-huh. I don't know if I said his name correctly, but, you know, he was in Cuckoo's Nest. And I looked in and I went, oh, my gosh. Uh, Kim Darby. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Ogden Steyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, these actors were major comedians. Um the mailman, um, uh-huh. uh, and Curtis Armstrong, uh, Curtis too. Armstrong, but like, uh, oh, um, Taylor Negron, Taylor Negron. Yes. I mean, these like people. You go, like, wow, this is so. What if this film is full of such a wide group of cool people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had, I would say, that's like the most fun shoot ever. Because everybody had a great time, including John Cusack. We had a lovely time. I love John. We had a yes. best time. He was so so sweet, and so we had laughed, and pe- we just had fun. We bonded, mm-hmm. um, and it was great. So that film, and to me, oh my goodness, uh, auditioning for it. Um, in fact, actually, to tell you the truth, I love this film so much. My next book is going to focus on Better Off Dead. Oh, because I happen to have and your second, the book, second right here. book with the curl. Yes, yes. Uh, which you signed for me at the Hollywood oh. Autograph Show a few months ago. Yay! Um, I'll tell you. Okay, so I have. I mean, not to digress, but I've got these books that are on Amazon. Just look up Diane Franklin book. The first book is about my career in general. How do you? get to be famous how do you mm-hmm. how does that happen where, where you're like not you have no connections starting the business how does this happen the second book is about my curly hair phase and also my my standout uh contribution to the 80s and the um the idea that it's focused on virgin so if you yeah. love virgin look at that book um although there are pictures from other things too it's really a pictorial thing all the pictures of you in the catalogs and everything yeah. i'm eating them up They're oh my so gosh good. yes like and i've got even more like that's like super cool and then i love that you have all of that uh, cuz right? a lot of people don't don't have access to that or have that stuff all the time. Oh, I've got so many different things. And it's I'll great. tell you the thing. That's, I think, because of modeling. Modeling makes you practice. You have ha- to keep practice. your book. Yeah. yeah. You keep your book. Mm-hmm. So I have all these pictures. So I've always done that, even with now with my daughter. Like, I keep her stuff. I go, you don't understand. Like, You are your own yeah. archivist. You have yeah. to be. Yeah. But today... Everybody can do it, and mm-hmm. everybody can do it on video. Like, I love the ones where you see the kid in the same outfit, or like, yeah. <laughs> like they're yes. born and now they're old. Like, those things can be done, which is beautiful. Like, how we see people growing, we see lifetime as a, as a big picture. What do you want to do in your lifetime? Mm-hmm. What do you want to achieve? What's you know? so cool about, you know, your career as an actress as well is, like, you have the ability to look back on yourself. And not only that, your children have the ability to say, look at my mother at 20 years old, at 30 yeah. years old. And, like, how beautiful is that? You're archiving your life for the future generations as well to watch you. They're still, my kids are still, have. there's so many things they haven't seen. And they still, like, even recently, um, Olivia, uh, she met somebody, my daughter Olivia, met somebody who's... I think dad was in Journey, the band Journey. Yeah. And I said, she goes, I said, oh, I, I Last American Virgin has a song. Yeah. That's yes. And she pulled up something on YouTube, a scene that she's never seen me in, like at the breakfast table. with, And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just so funny. I was like, how wonderful it is that, you know, nostalgia can be brought current. Yes. And that it can be appreciated. I think that to me is what is beautiful about today is because we have the internet and because we have – um, the ability the collective to, archive. Collective archive. Mm-hmm. We could say to somebody, hey, you know, reference this, or why don't you check this out? And they can. Yeah. And, you know, I will tell you, the internet is free now, but gosh knows, maybe one day it won't be. So take advantage, people, of all the information you <laughs> yeah. can get on the internet. Take, learn, take classes, study. Yeah. That's what I did as an actor, study people, study 
you know, body movements and voice and, you know, take advantage of that. And speaking of voice, you, you know, we, we talked about your accent game, but also you, you speak French in, in Better After Very you, nice. Yes, yes I, oui, I, oui. Do you I speak put, French? Oh, Parlez-vous français? Je parle un peu français, mais, uh, uh, mais je ne parle bien. But, <laughs> but, but, but I did put the French in that film. It wasn't in there. It wasn't oh. in the original script. Ah. <laughs> because I felt that anybody who, um, when you get angry, you go, if you're from another country, you go into your native language. In a heartbeat, that's exactly right. right. You just suddenly like start muttering whatever you're saying in your own language. So I felt it was authentic to add that. So um, all the French in there is mine. And uh, thank well you. Done. Thank you, French uh, French 101 in, high, in school. Like, <laughs> That's great. Medieval school. Yes, it is important to take languages in school. Um, I My parents were, they were German, but um, I loved French from school. Um, we took a trip to Quebec I learned like I just heard all the French ouais. and I just loved it ouais, I was just oui. in Montreal a couple weeks <gasps> ago ouais. oh my gosh yeah. oh. So, I, so I'm hearing it oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. I, my son is um, he's at uh, Domaine Forger mm-hmm. so it is a music ca- uh, sort of a training place in oh, um, I think it was in the province of Quebec, okay. Quebec, and uh, so it was very cute. So he's and he has a good girlfriend who speaks French. So it's very oh. cute. So they took I'm like very nice. Oh, uh, that's very, great! Very um, Must but, be so proud. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very fun. They're very fun. So, um, uh, but um, so okay, we're talking about better, t- better off dead. Better. Yes. So Monique. here we talked about role models, mm-hmm. and can I just say? I did Better Off Dead, and after that film, I went, I'm done. Like, I mean, I don't, like, this is the role model. This is the best role I've, I could ever play. Self, uh, this is an actress, uh, actress, is a role of someone who's capable, who can fix a car, mm-hmm. is athletic, can ski, and also can go out to dinner and look, you know, wear a dress. Like, you know, I, it's, there's so many aspects to that character. It has a as, sense of humor. And is inspiring, inspiring other people. And is a strong inspirer, you know, is a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, what a great role model. My only, uh, I guess, discrepancy is it's a shame it wasn't an, an American who did that. <laughs> but right. at the same time, it's memorable. And it's a memorable character. I, I have to say, I, I hope I get remembered for Monique. I don't know. At the most. <laughs> you are. Know. Yes. You really are. Nice. It's iconic. Well, see, uh, audience, you tell me what you think is the most memorable. Yeah, I, we'll take a poll. Yeah. We'll do a poll. That would be great. Okay. But we are going to talk about another one of your memory roles. We got to talk about Terrorvision because we are going to do an episode on Terrorvision. We are coming up, and I'm so obsessed with this. Oh, it is this great. This role is so weird and wonderful. Yeah. It's like Cindy oh. Lauper, like on crack. Yes. Like, it's just taken to the nth degree. Oh, it, this is, if you don't know about Terrorvision, it is a parody of. Um, uh, the 80s, in made in the 80s. So people didn't really, I, I mean, I've had people review it and they think, this is just a really bad movie. And I'm like, well, it's bad, but bad good. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's making fun of everything. Exactly. And it's done in a stylized way. It is caricature. Like, we are cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was seeing myself as a Cindy Lauper, uh, punk rocker valley girl you know yeah. like there's i have the valley girl voice we tried to combine everything as did jonathan grice you know it was like the he's dude, amazing dude, like he's like um you know the dude rocker you know metal rocker combining all these I, 80s things i love his weird energy he I, to everything. To everything he does he's so weird and wonderful what was oh. it like working with him too oh, so jonathan grice is like a great he's such a smart actor all right so first of all he's super smart and he is Absolutely, he understands body and voice. I just love that. Um, and he is a very free actor. I'm at the. I would say at the time when I was working with him, I was a little bit more like because I'd been working so much. I'm like, 
I set it in my head. I know what to do, and I can play off the moments. But I don't change every take. I do now, but I didn't mm-hmm. then. And he is more like could, any take could be very different. Um, but I think, but in a good way, you know. Right. Um, and we had. I was kind of. It was funny. I loved my character because if you looked at me like from Better Off Dead, you'd be like. How would you ever cast me in television? Mm-hmm. You'd cast somebody else as the punk rocker. But I always wanted to play a punk rocker. Always. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was like, this is the best part. So I love this. And I was surprised Jonathan did. But he must have loved his character as well. Because oh, yeah. he, is, he was, you know, like, as again, like who would cast him as a punk rocker if you saw him, you know, with, without would, the clothes. I and would bam. cast Jonathan Grise in anything. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. And he was Uncle Rico in. Yeah. Yes. And and Napoleon oh, Dynamite, and I then think of him but, as like the dual werewolf. He's got his sad werewolf in Fright Night Two, and also in Monster Squad. Oh, it's like this, right? Like, so he, he the character and real is genius. So he's saying he's yeah. a genius, and him and real genius yeah. playing a genius. So yeah, I was like, that makes sense. Why well, he was, yeah. yeah, like he was cast as that too. But see, here is the thing: once you, if you're like do a lot of character work, people go to you. And they'd say, okay, what can you create? But for me, I always played like the sweet, mm-hmm. nice girl. So how does that translate? You know, like how do you see that? And the only way you so see it, it out of the mold. is mm-hmm. if you show it. Yeah. And I tell my actors that it's like if you want somebody to see you as something, you have to do, show Go do it. it. You just show it. Like mm-hmm. people don't – they can't imagine you doing it. So that's why they tell actors to do a lot of theater. They tell them to do things because you have to keep – showing people what you do because they're never going to guess. Correct. And, um, and when I went into that audition for Terravision, I, like, had my short curly hair, but I was, like, totally talking like this. And, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was, like, the Thai energy. And, and then the hair, right? You, we talked about the I hair. I am obsessed with this <gasps> hair. It's, like, its own character on top of your how, face. How many you know? wigs oh, is dude. that? How okay. many? Was it pieces? Like, I mean, what's the construction? I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened in the in. Costuming or like hair in the hair world before television, but they we had one wig, uh, a blonde, I guess the short blonde wig. Then they put an, uh, the cast, the makeup woman put another wig on top, and then she's like, "Wait, let me try this." And she put another one, and I'm like, "I love this. This wow. is great." And then she's like, "Okay, wait." She like made a ponytail thing, and she's like, "I'm going to spray it," and like she sprayed all these different colors, and I really it was like magic in the moment. I, I felt like. The fun thing about working on this film was everyone who was involved in the in this makeup and the costumes um, and obviously special effects got to do their thing. Mm-hmm. They got to be creative, which is the point of why we all get yeah, into this Yeah, that production business. design is unreal. Oh my, right? Okay, so that – okay, the production, those photos, you'll if you do see this – there's uh, pictures of naked women on the wall. All over they're, that house. Wait, but they're real, like, hot and, like, you know, highbrow. S&M. Like, right, right, right. S&M, right. And the thing was, that was, a like, a blooper because we didn't mean for that to happen. The, we shot it in Italy. And the and Ted, the writer-directors, told the Italian uh, design people that he wanted to look like a pleasure palace. So that's what they thought it meant. Okay. And we couldn't change it, but the problem is, you uh, could, that... right? We couldn't change it. I mean, it was great. <laughs> that is a great lost in translation uh, moment. It was lost. You know? Exactly. <laughs> the, so the, pro- the only problem we have is it can't be shown in Mystery Science Theater. Oh. You could never, right? You could because never make of comments. The stuff on the wall. It couldn't be PG thirteen. I see. Just because of that. Just because That's of that. That's so upsetting. I know because it probably would have reached a huge audience. It would be so cult, like beyond because beyond cult. Beyond cult. Like I mean, it already yeah. is, but like in another level because of yeah. that. It would have. And today, uh, I have to say, it's probably reached the, a higher level of cult appreciation than 
any other time. I have people now. Suddenly, television is hot. Yeah. Sun- because VHS it, is back. Yeah. <gasps> and so everybody's yes. way into the the retro stuff. I collect VHS myself. Oh my so. gosh! I think I have like a whole bunch that you could have. Like I'm so oh many. <laughs> I have so many VHS that I've saved, and I was like, I don't know. Oh like, no! We watch. We have a movie night every week. We get together for like eight years now. Every Tuesday we get together and with a group of our friends and we watch movies Whoa. weekly. And a good percentage of it is VHS. Whoa! Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll we would talk. be happy I a, to. I have a rainbow wall. It's All right. No joke. We'll talk. Um, good. Uh, so. Let's talk about this movie that you brought with us to talk about. Yes. And this is so amazing. So we both watched uh, The Id from 2015. Love it. Uh, so you worked with Amanda on Better Off Dead. So can you talk about meeting her and have you guys kept in touch throughout the years? Yes. Okay. So here's – this is a beautiful moment in life, in history right now, this moment we're going to talk about. All right. So first of all, I hope I hope people know Amanda was also in uh, – in- Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. While I did Virgin. Oh, right. Okay? Interesting. And then mm-hmm. we wound up working together in Better Off Dead, where she played Beth, and I played Monique and Zoe Toplexis. And uh, in the film, we were not friends, but we had a great time. So, what wound up happening was, yes, we, I'm taking a smile. <laughs> Product. Um, we we wound up. Our careers have been sort of following. We've we've always been friends. We were. Really, we've always been best friends. Aww. And then, in fact, Heather Langenkamp, who did Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. we were best friends like Aww. in the twenties, like we, um, like when we were in our twenties. I want to hang out with you guys oh, so bad. Julie, you're literally de- describing Julia's dream like girl squad right now. All right. <laughs> okay, you're gonna flip out. It's gonna happen too. It's amazing. It's another reunion. All right. So we had uh, we got together, and. Um, then, like, you know, our lives went in different directions. You know, I got married and they, you know, had relationships, blah, blah, blah. Everyone, like, went into their own world. And um, so what happened was within the last, I'd say, 10 years or five years, um, I contacted Amanda again. And I had this thing called 80s in the Sand. And I said, you want to come and, and do it? And, and, like, I, you know, it would be really fun. So we went to the Dominican Republic oh. when it was safe. Hopefully it's still yeah. safe, but whatever. And we did a convention together. And so we bonded again. Like, I mean, we've just seen each other now at, at conventions. And um, it's just been great. So during this time, you know, you get back to – it's like seeing someone from high school. Like, what's your life like? What's going on with right. you? And she's finding out my life. So I find out that she had been doing a lot of indie films, and I thought, huh, that's interesting. And then I started saying, I really want to do horror, which I love. I love, by the way, you're a horror person. Send me scripts. Uh, you know, I'm interested. I love horror. Um, love yes. to know. Yes. Send me your material. <laughs> Our um, fans will definitely do that. Right. See, that's that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? And um, I, I think people like, sometimes get intimidated. If you've been in films, they think, ooh, you know, they, they don't want to do Always that. Always ask. Right. People but wonder, got, like, how you get people yeah. in, their, in your movies. You have to ask. You got to ask. And you, you never know. It's timing. It's whatever. It's I don't know. So, And that's how I got into Amityville Murders, too. Like, that's an amazing story. And, but we were talking about, like, my film work now. I played the daughter in one film. Now I play in Amityville right. Murders, the mother. So I did this film. And when I... Um, was talking to Amanda, she was like, well, I did this film called The Id. So I said, okay, well, you know, I love to see it. You know, and I was saying, please send it to me, send it to me. Because, again, I I really support other actresses. At a time when you were younger, everyone was in their own world focusing on what their careers were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't organic or natural for us to invade other people's space and say, hey, what are you doing? It was intrusive. It wasn't seen the same way. Right. But now it's different. We go, what are you doing? Yeah. Good, you know, I'm happy for you. We want to cheer each you. other on. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. especially, and boost signals. Yeah. yeah. And, and try to, and so with these conventions, I've also been saying to women, 
you got to do these conventions. You don't understand. You're bringing so much happiness to people. Your work matters. People will be thrilled to see you. It's and from that, a lot of actresses have started doing these conventions. Um, and how how is that? To, you know, because I um, I so I was helping Dennis Christopher at the Hollywood right. convention a few months ago, and you were there on your with your booth as well. And I watched you over two days talk to everybody with the biggest smile on your face, and we're so happy. Yeah. And like, how is it to just have people come up and tell you their? Because everyone has a story about you that you don't know. Exactly, which is so cool. Uh, I love that. Uh, you know, I think what it is is I always. My attitude is, first of all, it's as an actor, you are well-known in a moment of time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what occurred to me, first of all, I have kids. And originally, I thought, oh, I'm going to give all my acting stuff to my kids. And then I realized, no matter what I have, I'll always be mom. And, and like, they'll, they don't, they like, okay, mom, you were an actress. That's great. But first and foremost, I'm mom. And that's the way it should be. I am Mom, that, and mm-hmm. I want to be their mom. I'm. That's what it should be. So I realized. Well, who would be interested and in, care about my acting career and the things? And that's when I discovered. Oh yeah, right. The fans. Like mm-hmm. there are fans. I didn't even predispose there was. Uh, I didn't like people. Didn't I? Didn't have my name out a lot, so I didn't think people even knew my name. Oh no, they um, know your name. Right. Well, it's good. Luckily, like, it's easy. <laughs> Disease is spell. Like, right? if, if, if you knew how many times I've seen Last American Virgin, Better Off Dead, like. Oh. Program somewhere. Bill and Ted combined. It's like you know. See, and it's unbelievable. We've watched these movies. I don't know our whole our, like forever. See, yeah. but and I never yeah. knew that anyone actually knew my names. I just knew that if people knew if they saw my work, like you could only know me for my work is really right. what it is. I didn't do publicity. Mm-hmm. So the only time I actually ever did publicity was this year for Amityville Murders. It's How the was only it? time. What? It was the only time I ever did like seriously like. All the PR and and everything. Never, ever did it in my life. No one asked. I was like, and I didn't hire a publicist because I was like, I don't know. Again, it's that 80s thing. That's kind of weird. But I guess, you know, if you're with a big, you know, if you're with a a show or a series, they hire the publicity people. Or sometimes people hire publicists. And I will tell you, that's what gets them. What gets you, what happens is your name, I think, in a way becomes bigger than you. And then sort of of like. Yeah. And then you kind of have to follow your work. I don't know. It's It's like you have to like reach for your name like I don't know anyway for me I just this was the first time when I with Amityville Murders and I was so pleased because I'm so proud of my work in the film Mm -hmm. to me best work of my life Um, you may love me in Virgin and that's awesome and better (laughs) off dead those are my baby films like I love those films like I cherish those films this is a different level and nuance now this is just fun like if Mm -hmm. you like Amityville see Amityville if, I'm sure for you, yes. seeing Possession and then seeing Murders. Yes, and we did. We watched them right I back. I watched oh, them back to back. How fun yeah. is that? Yeah. Was it's that amazing. Amazing? It is. is it cool? I like, guess I feel like for, for me as an actor, I would have this, you know, in, in Amityville 2, you're playing a fictional character. And then right. And in, in this one, you're playing a real character who meets a very grisly end. And to have, I, it would be so hard for me to carry that weight, mm. that whole performance. Did you feel like it was there? Oh, such a different, yes. Uh, yes, it was very different experience as an actress. The first one, I had to stay very innocent and keep my, because I needed, I couldn't be scared. This one, I absorbed myself with as much information as I could about Louise DeFeo, about their life. <laughs> um, I had to stay true to the story, mm-hmm. um, to the script. Sure. But, uh Oh, it was, um, you know, it's interesting. When you do something that is uh, based on real real story, um, look, 
I find it interesting. I, I think it's okay. So let's say, I mean, as coming from Long Island and yeah. talking like this, maybe this family was a lot more rougher and maybe the mother wasn't quite as, as nice. Maybe she didn't care as much. You, you know what I mean? Like maybe she was more stoic. Maybe she didn't talk as, maybe she was a little bit more stiff. If in real life that was true, maybe we wouldn't feel as much empathy for her. Mm-hmm. So my goal with this film was to create the empathy because any mother oh, yeah. with their yeah. child and, and understanding the dynamics within a family sure. is the point of this film. Oh, that's we what have you see understand. that. Oh, yeah. you feel that. It's so, so palpable yeah, between so I, everybody. I wanted to make uh, give Louise DeFeo something. I, I wanted to honor her and I wanted it to feel like we understand that this woman in this, this is how you behave in this time period mm-hmm. and this is how you um dealt with family problems you don't talk about it you just do your thing and it was interesting because people who said they saw the film said to me I didn't realize you were the pillar of this family you were the strong one and I'm like oh my god I was so I thought it was obvious but you don't see it until like Mm -hmm. in the middle of the film and I went oh you think that I'm just somebody who's just going along with it like it's just interesting Mm -hmm. you know Um, and it has to do with the writing you know what the writer decides the strength the writer wants to show in their characters. And I, it's just a character piece. Sure. So, bringing me to this. Character um, pieces. Yes. <laughs> Let's so, speak of one. Amityville was a beautiful character piece, as is the id. Yes. And the reason why I chose the id, um, obviously, um, I want to support Amanda, and she has no idea that I did oh, this. So, oh. I'm, I'm like, I was like, oh, we should just call her and tell her. Or like, you know, we just, I mean, I hi, this Amanda. is a surprise. Yeah, this hi, is- Amanda, guess what? Um, this is for you, and... Um, and also, it is because I honestly think she did an Academy Award performance, she and it needs to be acknowledged. Deep. Yes, yeah. it needs to be acknowledged. And so, what happens is sometimes these films come out, and maybe they don't get the distribution that they should. Um, but that's why I keep bringing it up because mm-hmm. I want people mm-hmm. to know that there are so many little these films that are so awesome may not be in the mainstream um, and it has nothing to do with their quality. Uh, just like I was saying as an actor, you know, you have something special to offer and it has nothing to do with your quality. You just have to stay in there and eventually yeah. it gets its recognition. Right. I believe this film is going to get huge recognition. Yeah, it's on and, Amazon. People right. can watch it already too on and Prime and stream Good. it and get it that way too. Check it out Good. so you can so watch it and find your favorite id. actresses and find it. But this yeah. is Amanda's. And, and the thing that's so cool about it is like, mm-hmm. you know, I think of her and I think of Nightmare on Elm Street. I think of Better right. Off Dead. And you think of these performances where she's right. going, but there's not much to the performance. Right. But then you go, I didn't know that she was capable of right. giving this kind of performance. And that's what's so exciting. See, her Amityville possession, her Nightmare on Elm Street was my Amityville possession. Mm-hmm. Our careers have had very similar yes, they have. trajectories, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. Now, yes, okay, she is amazing in this film. She, it's beautiful horror. It's realistic yes and the subject matter was what was so fascinating and awesome to me i have never seen anything and you can tell me if i'm wrong with an with the idea of the of an adult woman caretaker of her dad and uh, and I was she's attractive yeah. too and to make it and to go through this with and have to go through the struggle and the being torn I don't know how much you want to give away. No, but I no, think we, 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 we're, we're, we're heavy spoilers. We're spoiler so heavy. Okay. Right. We tell people to watch the movie. We tell them the week before, so we'll let people know that they need to watch this film. But, but this it's 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 the horror of real life is what it is, and, yes. you know, and like that's even more horrible than anything you can really come up with with this kind of you know monsters or whatnot. But you go, wow, like yeah. this 
It's a real, real life monster. And I, what I love about this too, because I keep reading about this right now too, is this whole generation of elder care that we're dealing with right now. Thank you very much. And it's so right on because uh-huh. I, you know, the 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 forty plus area of dealing caring for your parents from yep. this point on in your life, and what does that really mean for some people? And yep. for this woman, it is dire the situation. And it is. Um, Everybody's going to go through it. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to go through dealing with an elderly person in their life. I mean, and I'll give you, I'll be straight up. Like, my dog is 14 and we are, like, broken Mm -hmm. because we've never put any animal to sleep. Mm -hmm. So we are flipping out right now because we don't know what, you know, obviously you say to yourself, this is humane. But he's – what do you do? And and right. it is very hard to take care of him because he's 90 pounds. He's like a small white St. Bernardish. Oh. He's a clumber spaniel and he's giant. Mm-hmm. And like my feeling is like – but you have – but I realize and, and I really believe that, you know, part of this is um, your um, – your life experience is that I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, I have taken so much care of this dog. Imagine people. Imagine taking care of someone as she does in the film and, you know, rolling them over and washing them. bathing him. And doing this to your father. And and they can talk. But while he's berating you the whole time, the things that he says to her Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Are cutting and just like he knows all of her buttons. Yeah. And how to take her down. And you could get, get that it's been a lifetime of this for her. Yes. And this character is dealing with this, like, very abusive father. I was heartbroken for her. And yes. some of those scenes were so hard to watch. And yeah. then the hardest thing, too, is when – so she's got this fantasy life in her mind, too, because the only thing you can do if you have never leave a home and yeah. you're taking care of somebody is go to your mind. Yeah. So her inner life and her mind is what she's dealing with most of this film. And then she's got this fantasy of this old boyfriend that reaches out yes. from high school, Ted. But it's also believable, <sighs> yes, right? It's absolutely. also something that you can see, like and how she thinks, in your mind this could mm-hmm. build into something. Oh yeah, when bigger. you have the twenty year reunion, or you reach out on Facebook to that person that you made maybe talk to a long time ago, yeah. and there's the that thing in your hope, mind, right? Little bit of hope mm-hmm. you're going, yeah. little bit of the fantasy of, well, this could work out, and why not? Why not? Today, that's very common. Yeah. People be divorced, mm-hmm. and then yeah. like, oh, let's like get. My together. cousin married her high school sweetheart later on <gasps> in life. It didn't work out, but it's uh, it happens because people have changed. <laughs> yes, that's right. There you go. But I, it happens. It was after they had both divorced. It, you know, it was like second marriages for yep. everybody. It happens. So, so when are you and Amanda going to do a horror movie together? I have said that, and you know what, uh, Daniel Ferens, who directed mm-hmm. Amityville, he said, "Oh, I'd like to put you and Amanda in a film yes. together." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, do it, do Please. it, do it!" Please, you all could hang oh out and make something oh scary. And we, uh, by the way, talking about the three of us uh, with uh, Heather, um, I'm going to be going to New Jersey Horror Con in oh. October. Uh, there's like a three day, I think it's around the 11th or mm-hmm. something that weekend. And Heather Langenkamp, myself, Amanda Wiss, and the other princess from Bill and Ted's, Kimberly <gasps> Cates will be there. What? So we're going to have babes over there. Oh my God. It's going to be Amazing horror royal babes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So oh. I hope people can make it if they are there. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Oh, and um, Kimberly and I will be wearing our we'll have our princess outfits for oh special goodness. photos I'm so sorry you take, what you could take pictures with the princesses in a special photo with us in our in our outfits with wow. the princesses not so. disappointing the fans at no. all nope. is nope. Diane Franklin here for the fans yeah uh huh uh-huh. is there anything else that you would like to mention I know you have your books I have my books so definitely keep uh, if you come to the conventions I usually bring my coat from Better Off Dead and people take Aww. pictures wearing it and then you can be in my book I'm not I'm still working on it so I've got I'm 
not going to put it out till probably late 2020. So people can still come to the conventions, take pictures in them, send them to me, and you will be in my book. Oh my goodness. So that is what? the Better of Dead book, Fantastique. Uh, and, um, and then also, I have a film coming out at the end of the year called High Holiday, and it's with um, Jennifer Tilly, um, Tom Arnold, and uh, Cloris Leachman. Oh, wow. and that sounds fantastic. It. What a nice roundup. Cool. So uh, I'm going to be in that. That's a comedy. Uh, so that's fun. And so we will see what happens. You know, I just... And um, I just, uh, you know, I'm making things happen. I'm not. We can't help but cheer you on. You're are. taking your own advice and like making tons of wonderful things yourself too. And I love that. And I look up to you so much for oh, that. Thank you. I also <laughs> I teach kids too. acting too. So I'm telling you, I bring full circle. I, my goal is bring good energy, make things happen. And I know there's a lot of actresses out there who are trying to do the same thing because this world needs it. We yeah. need. And you know what? Women in horror. I'm going to tell you. I mean, not guys in horror are great, but women in horror are. Totally excellent. I mean, seriously, nicest women, nicest people. Uh, people in horror are the nicest people. So, just want to share that. Uh, you know, they get a bad rap sometimes, but they're <laughs> you know what they are? They're creative people. Yes, we and are. they get misunderstood yeah. because they're beautifully creative and they're deeper, deep people. So, We're thinking about yeah. all the things, all the life and death things. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, uh, here's our last question for you: um, What is your horror movie survival tip? Because our show is all about <gasps> surviving. Horror movie survival guide. We want to know what is your tip. <laughs> well, go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. <laughs> I'm so sorry, yeah. but that is it. That's perfect. <laughs> It applies. It, it applies. Sorry, perfect. had to apply right there. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was so wonderful talking to you. What um, a my delight. Pl- my pleasure. I love it. So send me the link. Um, I'm now part of your survival. You Everyone, are. You are. Survival. Yeah. You are part. And have this. Amanda on. Um, again, go see this movie. She yes, is yeah. amazing in it. The scenes she does are phenomenal. And it's a tour de force for her. She is the lead. Uh, she's women. like a Tennessee Williams, like broken debutante yeah. woman is what I yes. thought. I had like... Yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, we, we think about this a lot, but there's we she's do. that beautiful, like broken woman, and like dealing with life, and what, how do you, how do you, how do you push forward? And uh, great work, beautiful. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank Diane. you, Diane. Merci, buckets. Yeah. <laughs>